Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Full Course Show Jumping Podcast. Today, I'm very happy to have a special guest as part of the team that qualified Great Britain for the Olympics in Tokyo. Amanda Derbyshire, how are you doing today? Pretty good, thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's, it's great to finally get down and talk to you because um, it's, it's very different coming from you abroad in America at the moment where everyone in England is... Uh, as doing England is turning into lockdown now and it's looking you know a little bit up in the air shall we say and and what's going to be happening so how's everything in America? Um, I really must say we've been very lucky here Um, our lifestyle has changed very little in the last six months obviously we've not been able to socialize or hang out with friends but we were very lucky that we only really had to take off two months from you know, going to shows. Um, I must say, I think most of the people would agree with me on this, that we really enjoyed two months off from not showing. Staff definitely did. The grooms definitely did. We definitely got a time to um, relax. There was not much socialising, but a lot of reflection on how the year has been going. And definitely, I know the grooms themselves got to spend way more time with their families. And, you know, it made everyone take a break. So I think in that respect, it was, you know, obviously it was terrible what's going on in the world. But, you know, it did make us take a minute and give everyone a little break. The horses definitely enjoyed it. Um, Since then, we've been very lucky that with the shows here, have safely been able to start up again. We did spend um, one month showing in Michigan. Then we spent a couple of weeks showing in New York. And now we've just finished off the summer by spending three weeks in Tryon in North Carolina before we head back to Florida. That's very good. And you've been on top form as I've been looking over those coming weeks, uh, those weeks that you've been, you know, away jumping in, like you said, in Tryon and in Michigan. How, just run over a couple of the results that you had out there. Um, Louis Banter, obviously there's been... A lot of two-star shows, so um, it's been definitely fun to be able to jump a horse like that around them classes. Um, she's been, she's been loved every minute minute of it. Um, she's, I think, won two of the Grand Prix. She's been second in one. She was six in the three-star last week. I mean, she's been absolutely fantastic all summer. Mm. I know she's um, definitely enjoyed having some non-pressured rounds for a change, and the other horse, Cornwall. You know, he's not quite as fast as her, so he he had a, a few lower double-clear results. He was second in the 500, which Explosion won, which was probably the highlight of our summer. Mm. And, yeah, he he was second last week in the Grand Prix qualifier. Yeah, we've had a really successful, good summer, um, despite being disappointed about Tokyo and not being able to come to Europe. We definitely made the best of it, um, you know, and enjoyed every minute of it. Mm. Yeah, so that's what something we we're going to focus on today is how, you know, with the break and with coronavirus and your obviously you being on the team, uh, both, you know, championship teams of the past two years and uh, would have been in strong contention to be on the team for Tokyo. And obviously that being moved back a year, uh, how your, you know, how, how your preparation for that is, is changed. Uh, one thing I just wanted to point out is so with a horse like Louis Banter, you say it's been you know, dropped down to the two and three star where 
it's been jumping at the top level over and over. Do you think for some of the best horses, it might, in a funny way, you know, having the stress off them and getting them enjoy something that's not pushing them every single week, is it, would that be good for them long term, or is is am I looking a little bit narrow minded there? I think so. I mean, Lulu for the past three years, as we've always saved her, we've done the team events, only saved her for the bigger Grand Prix. And I think to drop her down, I mean, I think she's, I think it's done nothing but done her good. She's ready to step back up whenever it's needed. But I definitely think, you know, lower non-pressure grounds are definitely good for both me and her. You know, it was nice to be able to use her and have a little bit of fun and not every time you walk into the ring, it's such a high pressured situation. So I think on behalf of for both of us, it's been a nice summer. Um, no, I definitely, definitely. Did, I definitely didn't overuse her. She didn't get shown every single week. You know, I yeah. say before when I can, but I think it was nice. I, I think it was nice for both of us to do that. To win every week. I think you only got a half like that. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm at Villamora at the moment and it's everyone's dropping their horses down from the five stars to come back down. You're like, ah, oh, this is far, uh, far more difficult than it has been ever before, which, uh, so, and, right. and you're on, and you're on the, um, you know, you're the people everyone's looking up to go, oh, why are they here? <laughs> no, I completely, um, I completely agree. <laughs> and Lulu is so fast, so it's, yeah. um, you know, when you're going in the jump up on her, she is game to do whatever you ask her to yeah. do. That's the advantage of that little mare. She is always trying. Yeah, she, she's she been such a fantastic horse. But would say, so obviously with the coronavirus, you haven't come back to Europe. Would that be something you would usually do in a year like this year? Definitely the plan was to come back to Europe and do some of the teams. We've kind of half marked it out. We'd die at the start of the year. Um, obviously that change definitely during WEF um Lulu was being saved a little bit ready for this summer but um you know that changed and you know we had mm. to make a second plan but I think definitely we also no one knows what's going to happen next year too so I also don't think all these horses need to it's not good for any horse to sit in the stall for a year either so yeah it's, it's been nice to carry on yeah, and that's uh, that is the thing I wanted to ask you: is how do you now go about planning for next year? Is what do you have to sort of account for? Is there can you put any plan set in stone, or what do you have to do? I don't think no. I'm not going to put any anything's not set in stone. We leave to go to Florida next week, where the horses will have a little break. I think there's you know two four stars there in November. Um, which we'll probably do. And then December and most of January is pretty much downtime for them sort of horses. So I think we get past that point and then we see where we are in the new year, see how the coronavirus is getting on in the world. And, you know, I think everyone is feeling a little up in the air as to what to do with these horses. Obviously, they're all getting a year older and, you know, I definitely mm. have fun showing them teams or no teams it's definitely a lot of fun showing horses like that so we're just carrying yeah. on and with worth this year is that do you know what's it's going to be like is there going to be a lot more uh people there because the world cup you know 
circuit seems to be a, a relative non-starter. Is it going to be extremely competitive? Uh, I know it's obviously extreme, but is there going to be even more of the top riders coming over to WEF? I've heard that, yeah. I mean, over the last few weeks, there's a lot of talk that most of the top riders with indoor shows over there, not going ahead, that they will all come here. Obviously, there's a lot of... WEF is a huge facility to accommodate everyone like that safely, and there's also grounds off-site, um, with a grass stadium and whatnot. So there's definitely a lot of room to accommodate everyone that comes. So I can imagine normally the classes there, you know, the Grand Prix qualifiers always have a hundred in them. So yeah, hoping that much more than that, but <laughs> I mean, it always is highly competitive. So yeah, but I guess as of the last couple of weeks from people talking, um, a lot of the riders are thinking of coming over. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a place that my mum jumps here when I was young. It is a fantastic uh, facility. I can only remember when I was really quite young, yeah. but it is it's somewhere that I, you know in the future I would love to come go over and jump because of yeah you know, the just the pe- you know the people there everything the whole facility the you know, it just everything there just seems completely different to how it is in you know in Britain and in Europe. But what yeah. do you? You obviously doing both. What is the biggest difference for people who haven't been to WEF, which obviously is in Wellington in Florida? Um, the biggest difference between a show like that than what you get to normally in Europe? Um, I mean, the lifestyle is definitely um, a lot different here. I, you know, love the lifestyle here. You know, it's a lot of work with probably one of the most biggest differences is now, all the shows you go to in Europe is all jumping, where in America, these shows are the pony kids, which do the pony hunters, which is probably in comparison like a working hunter pony. The kids doing equitation classes, there's hunters. I mean, it's everything is at the same show. Um, it's a lot more client-based, so... Um, if you come in, if you come in here to get a job and whatnot, it's mainly about preparing horses, teaching the kids, making sure that goes well. You know, it's a, a little bit, a little bit different. As in, you're not just going to the show to compete your three horses. You know, definitely mm. not for me and most of the people that have stayed long term and got jobs here. Um, it's more. I mean, I'm so lucky with the Gotchmans with the situation I got into, and. You know, it's a long days and definitely early morning. I think definitely to prep the horses a little more in America. Definitely the kids' horses. It's not straight off the lorry and right to the ring. There's a lot prepping in the morning, a little lunging to make sure they're quiet for the kids. You know, the whole um, preparation is definitely different. And the show days are definitely a lot different. I think. In what ways, like, the show days are different? Mm, they start a lot earlier. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. How early? So, I mean, most classes start at 8 o'clock, which would be obviously normal in Europe, but we do, we have some hunters, and, you know, for the last 10 years we had ponies, and you would be up riding them at, if you had a couple to ride in the morning before the show, you'd be starting at 5.30 and 6 in the morning, riding the ponies, making sure they're quiet. You get to take the horses in the rings in the morning and show them around. So, I mean, the days are definitely um, 
I'm definitely learned to be good at getting up in the morning and coming here. Um, yeah, I feel uh, like in Europe, it was like you, you'd flat your horses before you show up, but it's, you know, it's a lot. The preparation here is a lot, a lot. Um, not so much for the, for the Grand Prix jumpers, but especially for the clients and the kids. Yeah, it's a lot, a little more meticulous, yeah. Mm. And so another thing that we really wanted to, you know, look into is the fact that you, as a, a young rider, you moved over to America, like we were speaking, is I think you're probably the, of all the British riders have been the most successful in how you've done that. And uh, moving over, moving over to America. And I just want to know how, how did that opportunity come about? And was it something that you always were planning on or, you know, how, how did you manage to make the leap over? So when I was, when I left Nick's, Nick and Laura, I, I'd never traveled and I really had never seen America. And with Laura, mm. obviously with the success and everything and from where she is, I asked her if she'd help me find somewhere where I could go for three months and just experience America, see what it's like. Um, I was then probably a little unsure what I was doing with my life. Like I was wanting to be a vet. I was wanting to ride. I was kind of, I thought three months seeing something different would have been good for me. So Laura found me um, a job at a barn called Heritage Farm. It's probably one of the most successful barns, clientele barns in America. They do from jumpers, ponies, hunters, they do everything. And so I went there for three months and because I was so little, all I did was ride ponies. Three months I never sat on a horse and <laughs> I, the pony hunter business here is, you know, a huge business. And I spent three months riding ponies and I did such a good job that uh, they wanted me to stay. So I didn't really have anything else going on. And I think my parents were definitely a little disappointed that I wasn't coming home and I was leaving to ride ponies and not to um, pursue jumping. And I did that for a year. I think I didn't jump a horse or maybe I did at home, but not in the ring for like a whole year. And at this point, the Gotchmans were clients at this barn and the kids were, I think, four and five years old or four and six years old. And mm-hmm. I got to know the family a little bit and I helped the kids a little bit. And when they moved on, to um, a barn closer to their house. They asked if I would go with them and work for them privately with the kids. And it was a chance I took. Uh, She did, you know, she said, oh, we could get a little jumper or something if that interests you. And I don't know, I just took a chance and they have just done what started as a, we started with a small little jumper, went all the way through from, having a horse capable of jumping a championship is something I definitely never dreamed of. And neither did they. Um, but they, in every step we made in the jumpers, they, you know, stood by and kept supporting me in every which way I needed. And it was pretty incredible. They'd never done that. The Gotchmans had never done the jumpers before. So they'd only ever done really hunters. So it was a whole new pursue for them too. And, you know, it turned out 10 years later, I'm still here. Um, and we have, you know, we started up our own barn um, probably a couple of years after I've been there. And between me, the mom, Becky, and the two kids, Sophie and Mimi, it's been highly successful. You know, the kids have won every everything they've had to 
pursuing their careers from the ponies to the jumpers to the equitation and Becky from her hunters and starting the jumpers you know we've been a successful barn and it's been like a, a real a lot of fun for everyone that really is incredible because to go there and start, you know, start your new job with not, like you said, not so much intention of doing what you've done right. is how that's, that's incredible how successful you've ended up being. So why do you think it ended, it got so successful for you? I think I definitely wasn't afraid to work hard. You know, we, and I definitely didn't ex- I definitely didn't expect too much too soon. I mean, I think some riders, when they come here, they think the American dream, you're going to come and get Grand Prix horses and jump in the ring. And it's such a false advert to what, you know, it is when you come here. You know, I didn't, I definitely, I didn't jump up. I didn't show a horse for a year and a half in the ring and I was patient. I didn't think it would turn out like it did, but um, I think that's some of the problem when you come here, it's not just all about yourself. You know, you have to, you know, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed learning the business and by being, doing the barn backs hill, I've learned how to run a barn and manage a barn and um, how to deal with clients, how to deal with situations. I mean, it was a whole learning curve for me too. And I think by being young, enthusiastic and not afraid to work hard and the luck of like the support of the Gotchmans, like I think that's the, only reason it's ended up where it is. I never gave up and they went above and beyond to support me. And, you know, I'll be forever, ever grateful for them giving me that chance because without them giving me that chance, it definitely wouldn't have ended up where it has. And also I got very lucky with some good horses too, which helped along the way. (laughs) I definitely got blessed with a couple of really nice horses that seemed to work out. So I guess the combination of all that was, I think, what's made it successful for me. Yeah, it's being patient that, like you say, a lot of people, uh, I don't think probably real. It's um, obviously myself not knowing, but a lot of people, like you say, think, oh, we'll go abroad, I'll get an amazing job, you know, I'll be jumping. And that's just not the case. The amount, especially... Uh, of British riders, the amount of people that actually go and do extremely well are very little because, uh, personally, I don't think they, like you have done, you put so much time into it before you, that they, you know, when someone gains the trust in you and then you start building that relationship into into buying the horses and, you know, getting to you to where you are, which is what I think um, is is fantastic. So for anyone, you know, thinking of taking a plunge, going away and trying to find, you know, job elsewhere, whether it be in Europe or America, what would you suggest? Obviously being patient, but is there anything else you'd suggest to someone who had that sort of mindset? Um, I mean, you just have to be willing to work hard. You, you have to be willing. You have to have in your mind that you're not too good to do anything. You're not too good to flip a horse today. You're not too good to drive a horse to the show. I think, you know, I kind of get upset sometimes because people think it's the big American dream. You, you come here and you get someone and it all works out. That's not how it, mm. it all happens. And I think um, I sometimes get a little offended when people think that because there's a lot more to mm. it. A lot more to it. I mean, riding my three jumpers is 
10% of what my day consists of. You know, that's 10%. Mm. You know, I always think my trade-off for doing the jumpers was um, the rest of my job. The jumpers was something I got because I did the rest of my job, not the other way around. Yeah. So um, I think for anyone wanting to come to America, you have to prepare to put your time in and you have to know that it's you're going to be working for someone. You have to make it go well for someone else. It's not just about yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know a few people have come here and not enjoyed it, and I loved every minute of it. I think you have to see, yeah. you have to have a different mindset when you come of what you're expecting and what you want it to be in the end. And I think I came here with a completely open mindset. I didn't really know what I was doing, and it's just you know, built up on that. And now I'm in a position where, you know, I'm happy at where I am. I'll be delighted to jump on some more teams, but I'm actually completely over. I never thought five years ago I'd ever have been to two championships. You know, Mm. I just would never have dreamed it. And now, of course, as soon as you get to that level, now you want it more and more and more. And so I think, you know, even if next year doesn't work out, I'll definitely be, campaigning for the next one and trying to get a couple of young courses together to try and um, produce for the next one. I definitely, this isn't it. Even if next year is not the right, the right time or the right horses, then I'll definitely, you know, I definitely have it in my head now that I really want this more than anything. <laughs> I definitely do. Yeah. No, it, it has been fascinating, you know, your story and how, you know how much time and effort and sacrifices you've had to put in and i i still can't get over that you know you, you literally you just went just to rode the ponies and just worked so hard to, to get yourself into the position it, to me that's fantastic but is there you know what sort any sacrifices that you made that might be a little bit funny or that you something you ended up having to do that you didn't think that or what a normal person wouldn't think you'd have to be doing mm. I can't really think of an answer to that. I mean, definitely, I didn't imagine riding small ponies in the dark at 5.30 in the morning in the ring <laughs> for kids to jump around yeah. cross rails on. But that's, you know, I guess that's something <laughs> something I did and something I would continue still to do. I mean, last year, yeah. um, although the kids are older now and we don't have ponies, last year I brought a little pony. Um, I found a little pony in Nottingham. And... I had the best month bringing it here and doing that all over again until we made it up to sell it. And I didn't think I'd be doing that again. And it was something now that I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, you get, I never thought I would be so into the pony hunters here. And after doing pony jumpers, it's completely different. The jumps are small, the ponies are really quiet, but you get, I guess, whatever I'm into, I get extremely competitive and you want it to go well. So I guess I never imagined enjoying the pony hunters as much as I did and winning with the kids. I mean, we were lucky. Our kids are very talented and we were successful in a lot of what we did, but you know, we definitely had a blast doing that. And now every, now I spend time looking on horse quest and horse mark trying to find cute little ponies because I want to bring another over. <laughs> That's what I like to do now. <laughs> no, very good. And you know, just before we finish, you mentioned there, you trained with Laura and Nick. How was, how was that time with them? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, I mean, every minute of it was brilliant. I mean, although I haven't seen them since they left for Spain uh, six months ago, and I'm the worst person to keep them in touch. I keep in touch by text. 
but um, you know, they still continue and will continue to help. Um, I mean, Laura is literally the most positive person. You can be having the worst day and she finds a way to make it better or tell you you're being ridiculous if she thinks you're being ridiculous. <laughs> maybe, maybe wouldn't it be as sympathetic as that, but I definitely, <laughs> um, walking up to the ring with them gives you a lot of confidence that you can do it. Um, Nick is a very completely different trainer than you would see in America. He's like, just go and get it done. You know, he's not about... In America, when you walk in the course, people walk 10s and 11s and 9s. You know, that's not in mixed way at all, and it's never been in my way. I still cannot count past seven. So I sometimes come out of the ring not knowing how many strides I've done. But, you know, Nick is just one of them people you go and get it done. He's helpful. He's, you know, he's fun to be around. You know, I definitely, that was such an invaluable. I definitely know that um, they made a lot of that happen for me. Especially, I mean, I know after the fall at Hickshead last year, Nick and Laura got me back up and were, you know, despite me not being mentally over it, like told everyone else, I am ready to go, I'm ready to move forward. And, you know, I think definitely without someone like that on your team, I don't know if I would have got back up and made it happen as fast as I did. You know, they really were incredible about that and, made it made definitely made it happen and made everyone believe that I was fine to keep going and I definitely was but I was definitely a lot more probably fragile than um <laughs> what what meets the eye so you know for that I mean they're brilliant horsemen and brilliant to be around so hopefully our partnership will continue for you know whenever yeah. they come we just meet up when we're here and when we're in yeah. Europe it's and the rest I just kind of do on my own no, that's brilliant. And I saw, just last thing before we go, I saw in an article that when you first got there, you rode Big Star as a young horse. Is that right? I did. I have one picture of him and that's it. <laughs> I did. I... <laughs> what? Oh, so what was he like back then? I remember when he first came off the truck, he was hairy. He had a long mane and this big hairy, beautiful stallion. And Nick was away such a lot doing big shows. I was privileged enough to get to ride him a little bit and do a few shows. I mean, he was something now I would love to go back and just ride again. I only got a couple, I think I got a few, good few shows and we did, I think we did the five, I can't remember whether it was a five-year-old final at Scope or the six-year-old and I was treble clear and it was like the highlight of anything that, of my year to be able to do, like he was just, something like I've never ridden before. I think still now he would be up there and like horses that you would just die to ride a horse like that. We can never find that video. It's really upsetting because I would love to love to love oh. to watch it. And we tried to get it. Um, but I don't think that company exists anymore, that video scope back then. So, but anyway, yeah, Henry was one of a kind and, you know, I was grateful and lucky. It's a lucky thing to get to say that I um, did a couple shows and then back then. No, definitely. I, I'm very, very jealous of that because a lot of people, you know, we a lot of the time we ask what was the best horse they've ever seen and Big Star definitely comes up to the top of the list. And the fact that you've managed to have a sit on that and be part <laughs> of the journey is 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 brilliant. But uh, thank you so much for, uh, for today, Amanda. That was brilliant. Uh, really, you know, really appreciate you coming on. And what will you be doing next week? Next week, well... This week is the four starts, the last show in um, 
try on. I'm only actually showing Cornwall. The other horses have all gone to Florida. And next week we'll be going, moving back in our house, which we haven't seen for six months. So for the last six months we've lived <laughs> in hotels and rented places and I'll be excited to be back home and then a uh, normal routine on my own bed. That's what I'm looking forward to most. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the full course and we'll speak to you soon. All right. Thank you very much.